Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. Welcome to Triple M's Saturday Scrum. Great to have your company and welcome to part two of the Aaron Woods Radio Marathon. <laughs> uh, he was, of course, on Dead Set Legends this morning for a couple of hours. Uh, he rolls over into the Saturday scrum and then into the actual game day coverage. Woodsy, how are you feeling? I'm loving it. The yeah. more footy we can talk, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's like a, a, the telephone idea, isn't it? People should actually, one triple three five three four want to sponsor him, see if he can get through to the end <laughs> of the uh, the next show. Just, keep, just jumping off the bench, mate. This is what I do. Yeah. I sound a little bit like Dell now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. How bad is it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, there is so much going. Benny Tio, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Uh, still here. I can't believe it. You know, the players have sorted out their deal now. They're back talking to the media, and for some reason, I'm still on the show. So you must um, be doing something right, guys. Yeah, you must be doing <laughs> something. But you're you're alone in that studio. Uh, no, Ryan Girdle today. Uh, he's up in Cairns, I think. Mm-hmm. He's whining and dining with the corporates. So uh, enjoy yourself, Gertz, and I'll. I'll hang in there for you. Dave, Ricky, have you and I have been got, got that phone call? Would you would just come to Cairns mm. just to wine and dine? Don't have to do anything, <laughs> just hang out with, you know, Wendell? Not sure Not sure what we need to do more of, Tone, to be part of that. Yeah. Work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good. <laughs> Good. If you are listening, uh, well played. That's all I can, all I can say to you. So much to get to today, obviously. Uh, the Rabbitohs Dragons is the game at three o'clock you'll hear. Uh, and there is. Look, we are heading towards, I know this is a rugby league show, but very excited about five o'clock. It is the Matildas, which is an amazing thing, amazing story that has really captured uh, the imagination of a nation and not just fans of football, but fans across the board. Uh, it's a team that's much loved, has been for a long time, but they carry themselves so well. Mm. They are so respected and loved by everybody concerned. Uh, it's just great to see how successful they've been. Will you uh, have a little look at it this afternoon? Uh, absolutely. It's been it's phenomenal, to be honest, and it's, it's just so good for um, the country, yep. uh, women's sport in general. Uh, young girls today, they, they have an opportunity that wasn't there for these current Matildas. Yeah. Ellie Carpenter, one of the great um, Matildas uh, players spoke about this at length about this pathway that um, ha- that she's now creating for the current um, crop of young girls just wasn't there when she was coming through. It's sensational. Um, the Courier Mail, the Telegraph sister paper yep. in Queensland, cha- have changed the name today. Oh yeah, to the to the Courier Mail. <laughs> Sam, the Sam Kerr. I mean, that's how, the influence that she has. Significant. Yeah. and we've done we've won those games without her. She's played ten minutes. Yep. Phenomenal. Yeah, so if she gets involved tonight, that, that's right. It's like a brand new player for us. Unbelievable. And then not only that, but the best player in the world. That's extraordinary. And it's five o'clock. I mean, you, you pity really the games that are on up against it this afternoon. Given the measure of the ratings that have happened, the historically yes. great ratings that are for, for television. So I think it's a terrific idea that the Gabba... Where at the same time, I think it's uh, bounces at four thirty-five. The Brisbane Adelaide, the big screen's just going to show the Matildas uh, while they're playing on the on the field. It's, it's so good, Tony, and, and they're pushing the news back. Like they're that is back. that is phenomenal to be able to do that. So, like you said, the the gravity that, that they've pulled from all around the country, not just the country, but the whole world, everyone's getting involved in it. Hopefully, they can get a win against France. 
Winning against France, of course, who are uh, number five in the world, a sensational team in their own right. That will be a huge task if they can get through there. Then they what they go against the winner of uh, t- uh, tonight's other game, uh, Colombo and uh, England. All right, what's happened in the world of rugby league, though, Dave Riccio? Yeah. There's injuries. Uh, what's going on there? Judiciary, tell me. Yeah, look, we'll just start with Thursday night's game firstly. Penrith's victory over Manly. Yep. Um, uh, Manly have got some issues tone because Brad Parker and Ben Trebojevic will both be unavailable for Manly's next clash against the Warriors. Yep. They are gone under the HIA concussion protocols, 11-day stand down. Both players uh, failed to return to the field on Thursday night. They're gone. Now, that'll open the door for some options for uh, Anthony Seabold, probably one, one of which we can digest a little bit later, yep. and that would be moving Josh Schuster to the back row. Uh, other options are Kel Matua-Lungi and also bringing in Morgan Harper. Um Interesting one, this one, guys. Dean Madison, uh, he was charged by the match review committee um, for a careless high tackle. Now, he faces a $1,000 fine. However, he does have the option to take a one-match suspension instead because he's a development player. Well, because he's a family. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, it, hey, th- this is an option Cruel because... yeah. Well, let's, we'll see if he gets any advice off his brother first. Yep. <laughs> but um, because he's a development player and financially not earning as much yep. as what, you know, the, the, well, the next, the new salary average is going to be upwards of $400,000. Um, he does have the option of taking a match. I would be surprised if he does. But yep. we've seen. have seen it happen we, before. We wouldn't be surprised. All right. What about uh, Dave Fafita? Yep. Was he, he was on report for that shoulder yeah, charge. Look, was no head contact, was there? What's the oh, result yeah, of that? Yeah, look, he has been charged with a $3,000 fine mm. uh, with an early plea. Uh, Kieran Foran, that's a problem for the Titans. Didn't come back in the second half against the, Cron- the Cronulla Sharks. It's a sternum injury. He's in doubt. Ronaldo Mulatalo um, went down with his limp foot for about five minutes. It's a nerve problem. He was able to shake it off. Uh, Sharks aren't overly concerned He'll be that, that he'll be uh, A-OK for next week. And just finally, the big one. It is the biggest injury of the last 48 hours, and yeah. it is Mitchell Moses. Last night, guys, um, su- suspected fractured cheekbone. Woodsy, I understand you've already been in touch with Mitch. Yeah, I spoke to him. Uh, he says he's done it. He's done a fractured or broken it. He's got to have surgery. Not sure when he's having it. So that looks like he's probably is done because mm. he got the buy the last round as yep. well. So he got two matches to go. So cheekbone, not yeah, ice hockey. So no, fractured yeah, cheekbone. Fractured cheekbone. So he said he did it earlier in the play, the start of the game, and then when he made that tackle in the end, I think on Farmworth. Yes, when he did great the, when chase he did down. the moonwalk and scored. Yes. Yes. That'll be so annoying. You do the chase, you make the tackle, then look up and he's running backwards across the trail. Line. And he's giving you the old <laughs> wiggles <laughs> while your face is hanging off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you've got a fractured cheekbone just to be going on with. Tony Squires, Dave Riccio, Ben Teo, and Aaron Woods with you. Gerds is in beautiful cans. Obviously, the, uh, the Rabbitohs Dragons game, three o'clock kickoff. You will hear it right here on Triple M. Last night, the uh, Broncos. 54 to 10 over the Eels. We'll get to what that means to the Eels and their hopes and dreams for this season uh, next. But let's go to the bright side of this story, which is the Broncos, who have been terrific all year and now look very much like they can get a, a top two spot. Uh, how far can they go? Can they challenge the Panthers? Or this? I want to, before we start with you know something like the excitement machine, Rich Walsh. I want to talk about a boy called Billy Walters. Gee, yeah. he's improved, hasn't he, this yeah. year? He's been his first double, I think, uh, and tries. And that first one, the stepping was sensational. He's one of the one of the most underrated players, I reckon, in the competition. Yeah. What he brings to that side, he just takes a lot of pressure off Adam Reynolds. Um, you know, and Ezra Mamma. He knows the right times to go to him, um, and he also picks his right moments to come out. And like you said, he ducked and weaved. He's got a really good kicking game. And the biggest thing I think his improvement 
his defence. Yeah. He gets up and underneath blokes. He, you never see him get bumped off like, like you know, like a couple of hookers do get in the game. And he's just he, he balances out their spine so well because there's threats all over the park. Obviously, you've got Walsh at the back. You've got Adam Reynolds who probably designs and, and steers them whole around the ship. Ezra Mam's just a great support player and can come up with plays. But then you've just got Billy who just chances his arm, uses them as decoys. He just chimes him so well with that side. And like you said, I believe that they can beat Penrith. The form that they've showed the last couple of weeks, they're big men up front. I know we talk about Payne Hash a lot. I'm a huge fan of Tommy Flegler. I just love his aggression. He, so Payne is real good with carrying the ball, but defensively what Flegler does, he just mixes it with the other front rowers, and I love watching him play. Yeah. Benny, you admire what's going on there? Yeah, I love it. You know, I was at the game, I called it on here, Triple M. Uh, it was a great atmosphere at the Gabba. And, you know, Parramatta came with a really good attitude. I thought for the first 10 minutes, they controlled the ball, they controlled field position, position. But Broncos just hung in there. You know, their defense is probably the most impressive thing. And I don't usually say this much about teams, but I do feel there's something special about them. Yep. They really look like they're enjoying their footy. Uh, guys who really stood up were, you know, Ezra Mam. Yep. You know, he had a lot of defense coming his way. At one point, he was hanging onto his shoulder. He looked hurt. But he just threw his body back in there. And, you know, once Reese Walsh got involved and started touching the footy, they just went bang, 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 try and blew Parramatta off the park. So very, very impressive. And I think they've got a nice balance of youth and experience. What they've got is a nice draw as far as the yeah. run home is concerned. They've got a buy next week. Yep. Mm. They're able to um, freshen up, rest those. Rest those. At that point of the year, Woodsy, look, and Benny, look, to be having a bye next week and just to just to reassess two more matches before the final series to, to get going again, uh, it, I think it's huge. And I think they've really set themselves up with who they've already beaten this season. Um, but the other thing is sometimes you don't want to buy it back in. You want to continue yeah. that momentum. But right. I, I believe the footy they're playing, I think it's okay because they've had a lot of players play Origin. They're going to get that extra added little bit of a rest. And where they are on the, like on the ladder at the moment, they're going to fly in the semifinals because I dare say – Penrith will rest a few maybe in the next couple of weeks because mm. it's like they're not so far ahead. They're on the same points, but they've got winnable games, whereas the Broncos are going to get this. This buy is going to be huge for them. Mm. Yeah, I think with sports science too, I think you know trainers and coaches are very smart at being able to simulate a game through a little bit of scrimmage at training. We saw Penrith last year rest all their players on the last round leading into the finals. And, you know, for myself thinking, you know, I don't know if I would have agreed with it, but it worked well for them. So Brisbane get opportunity to probably rest the players now and then, you know, come steaming home those last two games with some momentum. Because those last two games include the Raiders um, away. So they go down to Canberra, which is never an easy road yep. trip. So as far as tuning back up again, going to Canberra, trying, they're, they're a decent pack. They've got a poor record down there too. Yeah. Broncos? Yeah. So that, there's a tough road trip. And then, you know, they finish off with the Melbourne Storm. And what a... What a t- see, that could be a huge game because that could be Melbourne fighting for a top four spot as well. Yeah, so that's that's what... Don't don't you guys want to play under pressure before you get to the finals? Yeah. You want to play yeah. the best. Yeah. Absolutely. Even if you were to play Melbourne that last round and, and you came away with a, a close loss, I still think it's the right type of game that you want leading into finals. Are they the sort of team... <clears throat> Because they do have the, the ad-lib nature of them, but they also have the control of Adam Reynolds. Are they this sort of team that can break down a Penrith system? Oh, I believe they are. Um, I just, I, you know, we spoke about, I spoke about, you know, Haas and Flegler. You look at the back rows, um, you know, Kurt Capewell, outstanding. He's come from the Penrith system. He knows what it, what it does to take to, to beat them. 
And then they've just got Jordan Ricky back from uh, he had a, a pretty poor foot injury, I think it, I think it was. And to see him get back out there, he's gonna he's gonna be better for the run. He was probably a little bit you know dropped a couple of balls that he wouldn't normally drop. But the thing for me with Jordan Ricky this year, it's been his effort areas. His kick chase has been one of the best in the competition. As they kick a ball, he lands on the catcher every time. And then any side with Reese Walsh at the back, like. I know last night to his standards, I watched him talk to Darren Lockie at the end of the game. He was quite disappointed. He said he had a couple of poor passes. But you look at the, the chances he still creates, the, the sheer pace at the back, it just creates that overlap. He gets outside of the defender every time. Uh, my only thing on that would be I, I would agree that they can beat Penrith. They've got enough strike power. They've got enough size and athleticism. But you don't know till you get there, right? You don't know till you're in the prelim and it's a tight game and 10 minutes of bad footy, and the season's over. So that's where you know a lot of the players in the Brisbane Broncos side have never been in those situations. That would be one of the pros for the Panthers. They've been in those scenarios, and they've come out on top, and you can't replace that. All right. Well, for Reese Walsh, as you said, there were it was a little bit of a mixed bag, but there certainly were those great moments where he ran into the line, his pace, then batted his eyelashes, his opponent got lost, <laughs> lost in his eyes, uh, and he runs straight past him. We had plenty of those examples. Uh, Super coach Kevin Walters and Adam Reynolds had this to say about their fullback. Yeah, no, he had a bit of a mixed game tonight, Walshie, but gee, he's pretty electric at the back there when he gets the ball. The first thing that Reese said to me when he came in the dressing rooms, he was disappointed that a couple of options that he could have taken better. So that's that's coming from him, which is a good sign for a young player when you, you saw what he did out there. And Renault's playing with him every week um, and, and a great coach for him out on the field. Yeah, he's got it all. Obviously, um, it's my job on the field to keep him calm, keep him composed, and um, like Kev said, keep, cut those errors out. If we can get him down to one error a game or... Um, none. It'd be terrific. You've seen what he can do. Like five line break assists. He's special when he's got the ball. Yeah. It's just about minimalising, you know, those errors in his game at the moment. And he's still working on it. He's still learning his trade. He's still, you know, competing on every play. And you know, it's my job, it's the coach's job to, you know, try and help him get that out of his game. When we're trying to decipher the differences on how we separate the Panthers and the Broncos, and I'm just picking up what Benny's putting down as far as that winning know-how in big games. And that's where I come back to the Panthers. Mm. And when I'm, when I'm listening to Adam Reynolds talk there, it, it's dawning on me that really he is their captain and probably most experienced leader on the field. So when the chips are down through this final series, there is going to be so much on pres- pressure on Reynolds to drag them out of it. Be- only based on the fact that he's probably the only one that's done it at an elite in those big pressure moments. You know, I know Origin. Those they've got plenty of Origin players, but when the when the when the game's on the line, mm. um, Origin's different. Like you're surrounded by a star-studded team. The Broncos are a, are a very good side, clearly. But when I go to Penrith, I look at how many leaders that have got it done before: Fisher Harris, Liam Martin, Nathan Cleary, Leoda. Jerome Luai, Moses Leota, Stephen Crichton. Is that you? Isaiah Yo, when it matters, those guys know how to, they know how to get it done, and that's why where I come back to Penrith. Yeah. What about the fun element? Because the Broncos certainly they do it for the fans, but you can see that as a team, Benutia. That is, and you're you're, you're a coach. It must be nice yep. to see people playing with smiles on their faces. Well, I think uh, Kivy would. You know, he'd make sure that there's a great environment for them all. Um, you know, he understands that, you know, yes, you have to work hard, but you have to enjoy your footy. And having guys like Kevy and Alfie Langer around, they brought in Glenn Lazarus 
throughout the week to talk to the side. And I really feel at the moment, like I said, there's something special about them, but they are very connected to their fan base and they're very connected to the city at the moment. And I think every time that they score a try, you just see them jumping all over each other and celebrating with the crowd. And you know, people are eating it up at the moment. They're really on a, on a momentum wave. Yeah, I circle back to where we began because I reckon somewhere like Billy Walters, it looks like it's not just the way he's playing, but as a team man, uh, it looks like the kind of guy that others do gravitate around. It's like a fun bloke. Yeah, they love being around, and yeah. a lot of them are from Brisbane too, yeah. uh, which which makes a good thing. But you know, back to to Dave's point with the leaders. Uh, there's one thing about Brisbane; they don't fear people, but they yeah. don't have that fear factor that other sides that have been in those situations that have been beaten by the Panthers before. So they can go in that, and if something doesn't come off, it doesn't always scare them. So. And the other thing, listen to Kevy's, you know, words there in the aftermatch. He owned his mistake straight away. He came in pretty filthy at a couple of those passes he made. So he wasn't like ducking and weaving. He knows he's got to get better, and and that's probably a good sign for him. What I like about Billy Walters is that we have seen it in the past where father son combinations are are at the same club. Yep. There's a lot of pressure on the son. Um, Massive. And to to go out and get the job done like Billy, he's he's earned it on his own accord. He's doing it within his own rights. He's had to come the long way. He's been playing off the bench at times. And now he's locked down uh, this dummy half spot, of which was my major concern for the Broncos. That's where I thought their weak point was. But Billy's done it, and I like it because of the added pressure that would be there. It would be there that the coach is my dad, um, you know, and we've seen it at other clubs. Yeah. Like, we've, Ivan Cleary's spoken at, at length about Nathan. You know, only thankful that Nathan's the best halfback in the game. Yeah. Um, Brad Arthur and Jake Arthur, they've had to separate because they know that the the pressure was too much and, and Jake would, you know, serve better by standing on his own two feet. Kyle Flanagan, Shane Flanagan. It's it's a it's a huge um I think I think it's a huge thing for Billy Walters to be standing on his own two feet and making every post to win by himself on his own. What what he's earned. Absolutely agree. Tony Squires here with you, Dave Rickett, Ben Teo, Aaron Woods, the other side of the equation, 54-10. It was a great win for the Broncos, but does it mean, are we getting our red pens out? Is the line being drawn through the Parramatta Eels? Ben Teo, start me off. Yeah, I think so. Just watching them last night, uh, like I said, they start off the game well, but then by the midway through the game, they look pretty deflated. And they all looked like the season was over for them. Actually, Brad Arthur left the coach's box at halftime, came down and sat on the sidelines. So, look, I think things went wrong almost at the start of the year just with losing some of the players, Isaiah Papali, uh, Reed Marnie. But also when you think back of all the things that have gone wrong for them, you know, Ryan Madison taking the suspension. Um, you know, guys like Lane have been injured and then the Dylan Brown situation a lot of that off-field stuff just plays into how your team's feeling and, and how the environment is, and I just think it's been off the whole year. Have you got the line through? I agree exactly with what Ben Teo said. You know, I think it was poor um, recruiting. Um, obviously, they had to pay a couple overs for players. You know, Ryan Madison was going to go to the Dolphins at one stage and up staying. Um, they lose Papa Lee, who was probably their best back rower. Um, and in saying that, Sean Lane, poor bloke, come off with a broken jaw. He's done his hamstring and now a dislocated elbow. And then you just throw in what's happened with Dylan Brown. It couldn't have come at a worse time for him. Um, you know, definitely I think the line's gone through him. And like, like Benny said, they threw everything at Brisbane in that first 10, 15 minutes. And after that period, they just had no answers from Broncos. And Broncos probably left three or four tries out there as well. Yeah. They say, you know, you've got to lose a grand final, win a grand final, but they lost a grand final and won even, it seems, get the chance to get there this time around. 
even the finals. And they've done that before. It, it, it can be very tough. You can't deny it's a huge fall from grace, yeah. guys. It's like mm. it's really disappointing because that was a window of opportunity for Parramatta. And they've let it slip. They really have. Like You can't help injuries. Josh Hodgson was a bad one as far as being that it's viewed as that replacement for Reed Marnie. It's backfired tremendously. It, um, I'm with the guys. I just think the tone of which, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to point the finger directly at Ryan Madison for stuffing up the Parramatta season. But that that decision, it starts there. Yeah, it starts with what what motivation? For, you got to have a team what, first mentality. Let's let's go, guys. Let's go. Let's get this season rocking and rolling. And to choose to sit three matches out. It, it sent he a, did try. In fairness to him, he did try to have that change, but it was too after late. After he copped all the heat. Yeah, that's why. You yeah. know, another one, boys, that are, a player doesn't we don't mention too often that they did lose. Murata Niakore. Yeah. Look yeah. what he's brought to the Warriors pack, the physicality, and that's that's the style that Parramatta play. So the players that they've brought in aren't suited to the game model that they want to play. And I just think, you know, you lose Papa Lee, big back rower, like just plays that nice, plays edge role, he hits those hard holes and makes every tackle. And Murata Niakore, he could move from back row to centre, and he was just the physicality he brings to the games. Mm. That, that's what they've missed. Yeah, I, I think they can reboot, though. I see some real positive signs for them. If they can make some smart roster moves and get some of those attributes that maybe they lost or change their style. But one thing about them is they've locked in Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses, two of the best halves in the competition, long-term. All right, they've got a great fullback. Uh, They've got some hookers coming through in their junior ranks. If they can really get them together, that's a great spine. That's a great start. There's teams out there that can't even find a halfback. So I still think that there's a lot of green shoots for them. But again, they've got to add all the extra pieces to make sure that they can get there again. Uh, look, the suggestion that won't go away within the game is that Isaiah Papali will return to Parramatta. Really? At some point. Now, whether it's next season or when he's off contract, that rumour will not go away. And it's a byproduct of the way the West Tigers are going and how he's playing and how they're playing, but also his strength of relationship that goes back to Parramatta. There's also, you know, serious questions that do still remain whether Tim Sheens will be the head coach next year or whether it's Benji. And in that thinking, with not just Isaiah Papali, but West Tigers players wondering where their le- level of development and coaching will come from, given that Benji's yeah. base is, is pretty thin. That rumour of Papa Lee going back to Parramatta, it's there. It's constantly there. Now, the other, the other major call for Parramatta, if they wanted to go down this path, is it's always been sitting in the background, and that is moving Clint Gutherson to the centres and trying to buy a dead-set strike fullback. What fullbacks are out there to buy? Well, that's, that's the problem. And, but mm. that, that availability... Wasn't it the talk through the season, the X factor they, they wanted? Well, the other thing is, that, that was the basis of it, yeah. Tone. Mm. They wanted an X factor in their back line, of which they don't believe they have at this point. Let's not discredit Gutho, right? No fullback, no player tries harder than Gutho. The amount mm. of tries he saved is you know, off the charts. But he has admitted to Parramatta that if you guys went and bought a significant fullback, I'd be happy to move to centre. That's fine. You know the thing. He's that, happy to do it for the team. The thing with that, Dave, obviously he's happy to move, but you've paid fullback dollars for you it. You have. So you're going to move one of your your main marquee men to centre, which you haven't prepared for. In it's a salary cap decision. Yeah, it's a jigsaw one. puzzle. That's, yeah, that's the hard part with that one. So the so the so the, your question 
Woodsy years. Who's available? Well, you know what? What about that kid from you've, Canberra? You've got to make you've got to make big moves and try and get a player out of a contract. Unfortunately, that's what you've got to do. Yeah. If you're serious about you know doing business in this game, you've got to have some know-how and some you know some balls. Dare I say it? To to use your salary cap, maybe let go of a player on significant money and go hard at someone that's coming off contract at the end of 24 and offer them a four-year deal that they just can't refuse. And I think that Isaiah Papali is is a perfect example to players out there about, yes, you can sometimes get offered big dollars when you're playing well, but if you're at a club and you love it and you're playing good footy and they want to keep you and you want to stay, and sometimes you just got to make the dollars work because taking off and going to a team that's down the bottom end of the table, it's not fun. Mm. It's not fun when you're losing and the pressure's coming on you, getting smashed by fans. Sometimes it's better off to just know that you're on a good thing. Stay. All right, well, as you'd expect, Coach Brad Arthur isn't quite ready to give up on this season. Here he is after the game last night. I know it wasn't a great night for us, but it's not like we didn't come here to try and our attitude was off. Our attitude was on. You could see that in the first 20 minutes. We were just beaten by a team that was too good for us. Simple as that. We had some carnage, and that's too good. We're not giving up. We're going we're gonna to keep fighting until it's over. Um, we're going to keep fighting. So, we, you know, we've got two games and a bye. Um, we'll just worry about next week and reassess when we get back and see, you know, there's a bit of carnage there in terms of some injuries, but you know, we get Reg back and Mike next week. Um, and we're just going to fight on. We're not, you know, this team has been fighting all year. You know, we lost some quality players over the last eight weeks. You know, Blake's in and out, and it's sort of yeah, bumped us around a bit. You know, the guys that have come in have gained valuable experience. Um, you know, for moving forward. Right after that, not giving up. Yeah. Well, look, the, the key is this: Mitchell Moses won't be there. Yeah. And so Dejan Arcy. I suspect we'll jump into that halves role alongside Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown will have to take control of this footy team. Um, you know, Brad, to his credit, of course, he's the head coach. He's not going to give up on the season. They play the Sydney Roosters next week, Damn. followed by the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Brad. Oh, it's going to be tough. And, and, and then and then, the, and then the bye. Love your positivity, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got to be positive. If his head he coach going to the game, things going to lose, then that's where... He... You're defeated yeah. before you even start. Well, absolutely right. Absolutely right. I'm not going to pretend I understand what happened with the CBA deal. I'm like <laughs> most of the players. i got no idea. I let they leave that to people with smarter heads than me, Aaron, like yourself. Uh, but there has been a deal. We've obviously gone through of late with a lot of uh, industrial action with uh, players not being allowed to speak to the media, uh, which is great with covering up the, the logo, all of those sorts of things. But after a, such a long period of time, suddenly... The two sides got into a room and then the deal was done. Yes, that's right. That's right, finally. Um, and can we just hope hope that this is the last time we talk about it for a while, Tone? Okay. Um, you take it off the run sheet for next week. Talk about oh, it, please, Woodsy. All right, Woodsy, I want you to go <laughs> through every dot right. point and every plus and minus <laughs> of, of, of this CBA. Oh, here we go. Yeah. It sets everyone off the CBA. Um, <laughs> Look, Especially it's re- used to, gentlemen. Look, it's really look. It's positive <laughs> for the game, guys, that it has been resolved. RL Commission Chairman Peter Volandis, RLPA CEO Clint Newton, Deidre Anderson, the chair of the RLPA, and Andrew Abdo, NRL CEO, uh, were able to thrash this Blake out. Blake Solly as well. Yes. So, yeah. so Rabbitoh CEO Blake so- Solly was seen as this. Yeah, almost like the uh, referee with the, with the, He's the independent yeah, media in there just yes. holding oh. everyone back into the corners. <laughs> yeah. right? He's the hero. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Love it. So he's, he's the saviour, not Volandis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a deal was finally struck, guys. Um, look, I do have some elements of the of the 
It's not signed off on, mind you, so we uh, we won't we haven't go there yet. But I expect it to be ratified next week. I don't think we'll get a press conference per se. I just don't think we spoke about it the whole way through about the the relationship between too much hate to, between Andrew Abdo and. Clint Newton, and I just don't think we'll get to a press conference scenario where everyone will be smiling and shaking hands for the cameras. I just don't. Mm. I think everyone's just happy to get this deal done and move on. I agree. We don't need a press conference. Once it's done, it's done. Yeah. Let's just move on and, you know, we're not going to be talking about it anymore. All so, right. so, so the new deal, points, yeah, yeah so the new deal, right, is worth $1.347 billion, right? It's a 37% increase uh, in total player payments to the previous deal of $980 million. So $1.3 uh, built to nine, from 980 million. Mm-hmm. Now, fans out there always like this question and, and want to you know, know the answer. So the average NRL uh, player's salary will rise by almost $63,000 under the new deal. So it goes from 338000 average to 401000 average going forward. Um, the minimum salary will rise by 63%. Okay, so the minimum salary um, was one hundred and twenty thousand. It will reach one hundred and forty thousand by twenty twenty seven for the minimum. Yep, pretty good coin. Um, it is good coin. That's outstanding. Yeah, and yeah look, but you got to remember, of course, these people who their their actual career window is quite small compared to you know, it, other careers. And and mm. and it, look, it goes on and on, including one hundred and fifteen million to the player benefits pool, including superannuation and injury hardship funds. Yep. Um, you know. An extra thirty-two million of that one fifteen has been set aside by the NRL, um, yeah, for, for, for the additional funds. So, look, what I understand of that meeting was was that it wasn't fire and brimstone, and it was all, everything was quite amicable as far as okay, look, we can't give you dot twenty-seven, but we'll give you dot twenty-four. You know, so in the end, they got there, um, and that's ultimately where we stand today. That it's a positive move for the game. Well, that's a great thing. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we we got to this point and 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 everyone's happy at the moment. But just talking about those salaries there, you know, just people got to understand. You know, when you throw out the average of 400, that that's still a lot of guys are still around that 140k that yeah, minimum because sure. you know that's teams the median like to, price. Teams like to uh, you know top load their their players, so they got a guy on a million, a guy on 900, another guy on a million, and then they just load up full of minimum wage guys. Now, some guys, that's if you're in the top 30. And if you're in, there's some guys that only get in the top 30 for two years of their career and then they're out. So as much as, you know, there's some really, real good improvements in the salary, not everyone gets the benefit of that for a long period of time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. What about the speed with which it was done eventually yep. compared with the pace it crawled at for so long? Look, I think it's fair to say, as as far as me being a, a huge detractor of the way the RLPA managed this, um, I will say that ultimately it's got it's got the end result for everyone. Every sense that I've got are the players that they're happy. All right? And if that's what they were fighting for, so be it. They got what they wanted. And I also understand the NRL are content with the deal as well. So somewhere along the lines, time we've met in the middle, no doubt in the world, Peter Volandis, his influence, knowing that, remembering he was away uh, as far, for work commitments, came back into the country, made some comments that I can get this wrapped up in two days, um, and a meeting was set aside. Deidre Anderson... She, she's, the chair, got to, she's got to get a lot of credit well, well, for reaching uh, out. Spot on, Woodsy. Yep. It was Deidre Anderson, the chair of the RPA, that orchestrated the first meeting between her and Peter Volandis and to get this done. So we got there in the end. 
And Blake Solly. Don't forget him. Yes. Blake <laughs> the mediator. And, and yes. as, as a umpire. player, you've got information. You're now, obviously, you were allowed to under your contract anyway, but allowed to talk to the media. It's all back on. Oh, mate, I've been talking to the, yeah. the whole time. It's yeah. a contract that is, so we're lucky. But it's good. Like, even after the games, it was... You see, you know, Freddie Fittler, Joey John's on the field and you're able to have a conversation with them. Um, you can go on the cameras. You don't have to feel rude and say, sorry, we can't do it. Uh, it's good to the players, you know, especially the young kids because they're the ones, like you said, that we've got to feel the information of what was happening. Um, and, and now that they don't have to feel they've got to be standoffish to all those type of people. If, they have one, if they've got an opportunity to, to do a radio or a TV interview, they can go and do it now. Yeah, and I think it was refreshing to hear from the players, especially someone like Daly Cherry Evans after the game versus Penrith, you know, just wanting to hear his insight into the game. It really does make a difference. And I think yep. one thing people got to remember is, yes, uh, the players got what they wanted, but they were always very, very uh, cautious to not hurt the fans. I think in this process by, you know, the media ban covering the ban and potentially delaying the kickoff, I think they were all things that they didn't want to hurt the fans. And I, I think... They did a really good job of standing their ground. You know, the funny thing was, a lot of the fans would, would talk to us and say they actually like it because we spent more time with the fans because we couldn't do interviews. So they enjoyed the game day interaction. Oh, those yeah. fans who are at the yeah, ground. Yeah, on the ground, yeah. Yeah, which is an absolute positive thing. All right, look, one guy who obviously... Why don't, why don't you just do it anyway? I do. There you go. <laughs> yeah, do it from now on. Always do. I need the fans to love me, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> love, it's just a slight level of cynicism there from Dave Ricciardo. No, I just yeah. haven't got Dave Ricciardo holding us yeah. as they come speak to us, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a man who obviously isn't in that uh, you know average wage is a man called Payne Haas, who I uh, just want to quickly, what, what's the latest? He has rejected the offer of $1.1 million from the Broncos. What's at play here? He just wants to test yeah. his value. Yeah, I'm getting tired of this tone. Okay, um, getting, sorry. Oh, no, you sound just, like a cranky man. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Honestly, hell. has there been a season with Payne Haas? Mm. And a contract drama associated, not associated with him. Yeah, okay. So do a deal that you have. Hey, hello, Tino Fasua Malawi. Yeah. Right, done. Dave, Ten Dave, years. Payne's, Dave Payne's been frustrated for a long time. Let's not forget that he, he was signed by his previous management into yes. a very, very long-term deal that he outgrew within mm. a year. You know, so for, for, he's been locked in for a long time and wanting to get to market. He said he wanted to go to market. I know there's a lot of pressure for him to just sign, but look, he's waited this long. It's been about three years now. It's time to go to market and just test his value. I think it's important for him and his new management. Yeah. Look, I, I've got no problem with him testing testing his value. I, I just feel as though we're testing the value every <laughs> time, time a new season well, that, comes that, around. Is that the Broncos... For putting that in their contract, or is he going outside of his well, contract? Well, I think to Ben it? touched on it. I think he's had managerial issues that he's constantly yeah. been weighing through. Uh, that that I believe he needs to probably show some maturity and start to make a few calls on his own. Yep. Um, that said, that said, once we get to November one with Payne Haas, it, it will be interesting to see which clubs are actually got the cash do, do yeah. to get you, to that do, level. Does Ben? Does uh, this one probably a question for Benny? Does does Payne has to stay in our game? And if he doesn't, what, what position would he play in? Union? In rugby, you mean, yeah. yeah. Rugby, yeah. Yeah, well, that depends because, you know, Rugby Union have had a lot of targets and, and they've missed out on a, on a few of them, especially guys like Cola at Manly. And I think if they are going to front load and chase a big name, then Payne Hass is definitely one that's on their radar. They spoke about trying to get someone in New South Wales, that's Joseph Sueli, and then they want someone up in Queensland. Look, if they throw the checkbook at him, I think there's still a place for him in rugby union. It will take him a little while to adapt, but they could definitely get him ready for the uh, British and Irish Lions tour. That's coming up in two years, and I could see him as a 
as a number eight, a ball carrying number eight. Just keep him out of the lineouts because I'm not sure he's much of a jumper. Uh, <laughs> but no. look, I could see him taking lots of carries on on the edges and being a very valuable member of the Wallabies. Yeah, and the coin would be huge, you would imagine. But I, look, I test my value in the open market every time a contract comes up. This keeps going down and down and down. Yeah, why? I've been to five clubs, Welcome to Tony's Spotting Quiz. Okay, how are you going, Woodsy? You ready for this? I'm excited. Are you? I got beat by Peabody last week, so I'm filthy. Can I just say, it better be a better one than last week because we had that Gibra Anthony Maroon hosting it. Yeah, what happened? It was awful. Okay. I don't want to go back in time. Yeah. Excellent. All right, very simple operation. You have to use your names as your buzzers. If you wouldn't mind testing those for me, please. Ricky, I... Theo Woods. Okay, all right. Uh, look, there's a little bit of a theme, uh, partly uh, about brothers, because question number one, two sets of Woods. twins. Yes. Fay Guy and Cashman's. Oh, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. Yes, yes. two sets of search. twins playing for the Dragons Thanks for reading today. the Telegraph, Woodsy. This is brilliant. No worries, mate. Matt, Your story, Max, and I, Toby and Ryan Couchman. Name two other sets of brothers who played for the Dragons. Woods. Yes, Woodsy. Morris. Yes. Oh, no. Uh, we can jump in here if you like. Oh, the coins? The coins. Oh, yeah, I played yeah. the grand final. Mark and Peter Coin. Well, done. I'll give oh. you a point each for that. Not the points really count because I'm not remembering where they are. <laughs> Six brothers from two families played for Canterbury in the 80s. Wood, Ricky Yes, Woodsy. Hughes and Mortimer. Yeah, but if anybody can actually come in with some first names, I'll be very happy <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Steve, Peter. That's right. They're the Mortimer family. Graham. Yes. Corey. No, nah, Corey's the son. Yeah, Graham. I don't know. Gary. 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 Terry Glenn. And Mark, Mark. Hughes. <laughs> well, we're on twins. Who was Danny DeVito's twin in the movie of the Woods. same name? Yes, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, he didn't like movie questions. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and his, I'm bringing this one back. This is one of the classics. I don't know if anybody was here when we last time we played it. Whose name am I saying backwards? Again, the slow, slow, nah. What? What was that? <laughs> Can we hear that again? Yes. That one's probably tough because that one actually, I'll tell you who that can one you, is. Can you say it live? No, like, no okay. <laughs> yes, like, that wasn't me saying it live, David. Uh, the, the answer for that one was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, wow. Uh, but let me give you a football player this, this time because I reckon you might be able to get this. And just the, I'm saying both names, okay? Who is the name am I saying backwards? Valentine's, isn't it? Yes! yes! Oh, wow. Woodsy, have you yes! been in here? Yes. You've been studying. You've been doing studies. I just studies heard for this. <laughs> <laughs> Just speaking backwards is part of his, uh, just his go. All right. Who has scored three goals for the Matildas this World Cup? Woods, Fella. No, no. Oh. Oh. Hey, Benny Tia, you want to test your buzzer? Is it still working? Uh, I'm not even here today. <laughs> just the same as last week. Rickio. Rickio, yes? Ford. No, Haley Arazzo. And finally, which calf did Sam Kerr strain? Woods. Woods. Right, I would guess. Ricky, I left. (laughs) (laughs) Left is right, ladies and gentlemen. There's your quiz for this Saturday. Tony Squires here with you. Dave Ricky, I bent here. And, of course, Aaron Woods, who is uh, injured part two of his radio marathon uh, began at 10 o'clock this morning. What time? Been happy with it, mate. I I went really well on that quiz. You went really well on the quiz. You were clear-headed. Thinking about it all last night because I thought Reedy was going to be, and I really wanted to beat Reedy. Yeah, of course, all yeah, right. Well, what is it about Reedy that you you like to beat? Everything. Everything. Mm. Yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs>
What about Ricky? I love Dave. Got any angst with him at all? Dave's champion. Don't touch me, Woodsy. Don't touch me. A little bit touched. There's a lot of love in the room here today. All right. What a great pleasure it is now. And it's terrific because we haven't been able to speak to players, obviously apart from your good self and people like Wade O'Graham who are contracted, but we haven't been able to speak to players after games and that has now been lifted and it was terrific and we get now the chance to speak with Scott Sorensen. G'day, mate. Hey, guys, how you going? Very, very well, thank you. All the better for hearing your voice. Uh, another nice win for the Panthers. Yeah, mate. Um, yes, uh, always nice uh, to get a win. Um, I thought uh, Manly turned up and, and they played some good footy. But, um, yeah, nice to come away with the result. Nice to have a win over Aaron Woods as well. Always enjoy that one. 100%. <laughs> yeah, he, he told me after the game he's missing getting like lacquered up in in body lotion. Oh, we we used to be roomies. Why you brought me on? Here, isn't it? I just wanted to confirm that it was true. Sorry, you're missing those times. Who's the new roomie? Is he is he doing work like I am? Oh, who's holding your hand when you're in elevators? <laughs> <laughs> I do miss you, big fella. Wait, wait, wait back up, Sparky. Talk me through the elevator. What's 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 going on with the elevator? Oh, he's just um, yeah, he's I've got claustrophobia. Yeah, he needs to have his hand held when he gets an elevator. So when we, when I used to have to go down fine. for massage or it was my turn for meeting, I'd have to – sorry, I'd be laying down in bed all juiced up with his uh, <laughs> baby oil. I'd say, sorry, I need to come down and uh, hold my hand in the lift. <laughs> so you're – sorry, Scott, you know, to, to kind of be way late here. You're <laughs> seriously it. claustrophobic so that – what sort of – what happens? You, I just get mad anxiety. Wow. I get rattled. So planes? How are you on planes? Uh, uh, sorrow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, not a fan. <laughs> 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 I'm his head again. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that is that, uh, that is brilliant. Hey, mate, do you, when you look around with the the, the uh, how well you're travelling, do you look at other sides? Just say, for example, last night, did you have a look at the Broncos and go, "Gee, they are playing good footy." Oh, 100 percent, mate. They've 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 been great this year and um, red hot, and um, you know, obviously sitting at a nice spot at the top of the ladder as well. So. Yeah, you, you know, you keep an eye, I guess, on, on a few teams and just watching some footy and how they're playing. But um, you know, at the end of the day, just, you know, you want to improve as a team and want to get better and um, be ready for the challenges ahead. Benny, did you want to ask Scotty something? Yeah, Sorry. Scotty, I just wanted to ask you about, you know, a lot of the media talk at the moment is about which teams um, can beat Penrith. In terms of inside mm-hmm. your own environment, what's the main things that you guys are focused on heading into the finals? Is it... Is it improving your structures or is it things like just staying healthy and staying professional? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, just sort of touched on um, focusing obviously on us, um, you know, just where we can improve, whether, you know, it's combination, obviously watching over, um, you know, our weekend's game in our defence and all that sort of stuff. Um, You know, I know it's a little bit of an old cliche, week at a time, but honestly, that's what it is at the moment, Benny, and um, just respecting each team we come up across and uh, making sure that, you know, we're improving and, our um, combinations are staying strong and, and improving as well. And, and Sora, you've gone back-to-back. Obviously, it's one of the, the toughest things in the world. No one's done a three-peat. What's been the biggest thing that Ivan drives with you boys? Because to be mentally a top one and, and be up for so long, you, you, it's remarkable how good you guys are going. Oh, cheers, Woodsy. Yeah, look, um, I think it's just, yeah, I don't want to, like, obviously repeat myself, but I, th- I think it really is just, our combinations, um, whether in defence or attack, who's inside us, who, who's outside us, um, and just making sure, you know, we're preparing really, really well. I think, you know, obviously performing, you've got to be prepared. And um, I think it's just, yeah, nailing our preparation and um, turning up each week and ready to go and making sure that um, we're performing well. Hey, Scotty, Dave Riccio, mate. Uh, congrats on the season so far. You're flying. Um, 
Can you just give me an update and, and Penrith fans as well, just on Jerome Luai and Mitch Kenny? Do you expect them to play next week against the Titans? Uh, yeah, look, I hope so. I, I don't know um, exactly. Um, Jerome obviously has uh, come down with a bit of an illness, not doing too well. But, um, you know, I speak, speak to him um, earlier in the week. And um, Mitch, yeah, just um, had a bit of a tight hemi. Um, so, we, you know, just sort of pl- play it safe and play it smart. But um, I guess it just depends on how they go this week and, um, you know, whether they'll be back next week or not. I'm not 100% sure, but, um, yeah, see how they go, you know, during, during the week. Hey, Scotty, given you, you, you're playing this card of one week at a time, I don't suspect yeah. that I'm going to get the answer here. But do you <laughs> do you feel as though Ivan will go down the path of resting players for that final game of the season against the Cowboys? Because that's a real big talking point throughout the game on what, what Penrith will do there. We know Ivan's done it in the past. Um, you might not give me the straight answer, but could you give me some pros and cons about that? Yeah, uh, 100%, mate. It's, um, I feel like, it, I guess it sort of depends on where you're sitting on the ladder, how many points you're on, um, you know, whether, whether it's necessary for players to be rested or not rested, um, bumps and bruises, all that sort of stuff. So I guess, you know, Ivan takes all that in consideration. Um, and, you know, it's also on the players, whether the players you know, individually say they need a rest or, you know, no, they want to play. Um, so a lot comes into it, mate. But, yeah, look, I just – I can't give you an definitive answer right now. Um, but, you know, it's also what the next few weeks look like, who comes out healthy, who doesn't. So, yeah, a lot comes into account. So, um, yeah, so I don't I don't really think I have an answer for you straight away. But, um, yeah, so a lot comes into it. Scotty, have you guys got caught up uh, in the Matilda's magic the same as the rest of the country? Oh, yeah, 100%, mate. It's um, exciting times, and uh, it's awesome to see the girls doing so well. You've got some Danish blood in you, haven't you? Tongan. Yeah, uh, maybe just the drop, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the Netherlands obviously went, went well as well. Yeah. You, kind of had, you had a fallback position for you? Uh, no, just uh, keep my eyes on the Matildas, and uh, they're doing well, mate. <laughs> 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 hey, listen, when... The team which you have, we're talking before about teams that seem to have a lot of joy, and we see the you know with the boombox, the music. Is there any kind of difference? If you, what's your musical taste, for example, as compared to the rest of the team? Oh, I'm open. No, I'm open for anything. I'm I'm pretty easy. It doesn't really bother me. It gets the boys going. Everyone's excited and ready to play. That's all I care about. So you know, whatever whatever keeps the boys happy, I'm happy with. Oh, it's not what you say off air. Sorry. What about the oh, music? I knew you were going to say what, something. What about, what about the music you and Big Eisenhuth get into on the way in the car trips on the on the way to Penrith, mate? Well revealed. Oh, you, we can't, we go across all genres. We go from rock to hip hop to whatever, mate. Um, driving out of Penrith every day, you got to change it up. So yeah, we listen to a bit of everything. What's yeah. yours, Woodsy? Whatever's on Triple M. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. You really do know. 100%. How to... <laughs> you do. Boring. Uh, oh, Scott, Scotty Sorensen, uh, congratulations again on the way you're playing and the way that team is travelling. It's quite brilliant. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Tough. There he is, I'm Scott Sorensen, the man who holds your hand in the lift. He was one of the best roomies I've had. Yeah? Yeah. Dave Rico, I'm reading the uh, Today's Telegraph. Uh, you're on the front page. Written the story here and inside says, Peck's appeal has NRL running hot. The guns show how these young hunks have lured an army of fangirls to the game. Uh, I love this this kind of direction. And we've talked before about uh, Reese Walsh. And there are others. They're just reading your first part. Rugby League head turners, Reese Walsh, Pat Carrigan, Nico Hines, Aaron Woods, uh, Kalen Ponga. Sean Johnson. Do you, uh, want, do you want to make top 10? No, nah, I just oh. made that bit up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got, got my hopes up there. <laughs> You're not there at all, though. Uh, basically, this is a, a kind of feel-good story about the attraction that well, these guys have for a new audience, perhaps. A new audience. He's exactly right, Tone. It's interesting. And I didn't really, you know, I just cover the game 
And I'm really starting to notice this um, groundswell of support from a younger fan base. So I went to yep. the NRL and some and some clubs that have these superstars at their clubs, and certainly the data backs up that that perception. Now, the the growth rate of a, of fans aged uh, one to thirteen years of age and to eighteen years of age, mind you, is up one hundred and thirty seven percent over the last three seasons. It's it's attracting a younger audience, and it and I think it's down to Woodsy touched on it. I made fun of it. But the players today are making themselves more available and accessible compared to the old days where you just ha- you'd have to have w- hang out the back of a dressing room to get an autograph, and then yeah. that was it; they were gone. But, t- I tell you but today, thing. today, you know, the boys hang over the over the fence. Selfies are the new autograph. Um, social media, social media, f- fans feel more connected to their superstars like never before, and the data crowd figures are record are at record levels. The Broncos. Um, have never had this type of fan pandemonium. For example, right, at Broncos training sessions, they're getting a 1,000 fans to training. Wow. Right? To training sessions. Amazing. It's got to the point where, and and then cer- and certainly, you know, talking to the Broncos um, officials, they're seeing the type of audience at those training sessions. It's young girls. It's it's young boys. It's, it's a younger <laughs> audience. It's got so significant that ahead of this final series, they're going to have to put temporary fencing up to keep the crowds back at training sessions. That is something the Broncos, who are one of the great glamour clubs of the game, and even through the halcyon days of the 1990s, never experienced. And it's, it's happening right now throughout the NRL. And f- football players are better looking now than they were in the 80s and 90s as well. So <laughs> wow. that might be part to do with it. Yeah, do, 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 well, yeah. Andrew Eddinghausen may have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Reese Walsh is pulling in uh, all types of new fans at the moment. They also, yeah. they, they tend yeah. to look after himself. He gets Sam his eyebrows Backer would, done. Would, would, yeah, would yeah, he gets his eyebrows waxed. And <laughs> Ezra Mam looks a little bit like he gets his eyebrows done too. Yeah, it's a big thing at the Broncos. I, I think they, what, bring someone like, in. they bring someone in and it's actually, they it's threading. They get them to come in and no. thread their eyebrows. Yeah, seriously, I think so. They do it in the physio room. Hey, Benny, imagine you doing that early days when you come through the Tigers' ranks. They, they would have they took that real well, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah listeners may of course, Benny is involved with the Dolphins, who seem to be mm. natural enemies of the Broncos, so perhaps they're not really getting somebody Am to I thread the... false accusations? Perhaps you are. Perhaps. You wouldn't do that, would you? Yeah. No, nah, I wouldn't do it. But you would sit with that, uh, Nico, you, you know, you you know him, obviously, when the Sharks days. I've got, I've got Ruben Garrick. You've got Ruben Garrick. He spends more time oh. in the mirror than on the training field. So, And I agree with Benny. The, the players these days are probably a lot more better looking. They, they tend to look after themselves. And then the other thing is they express themselves a lot more. Yeah. You know, when I come through first grade, I wouldn't dare say anything. Now the kids come in and mm. do whatever they want and... I'd be that scared walking past the mirror and if I looked at myself, now they're in front of the gym and flexing, they love it. They, yeah. they just... I don't know. I don't know yeah, what it is. Like yeah. it or not, that Reese Walsh's ability to polarise by, uh, well, he did. He went. He stepped over the line as far as questioning authority on the on the footy field. There, all, there is also an appeal to that. The bad boy. The bad boy. And, and even when he was Sinbin for Queensland, right in state of origin, he received, he received a standing ovation as he's going, as he's been sent from the field. Yes, that was awful. 
Right. One so thing there, about there is Reece, this... you know, he's a good-looking boy, but he's always going to be a Narang rooster from the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> That's one. There is this appeal. There, there absolutely is. I mean, there's the dual-edged sword. Obviously, you, you mentioned social media because they yeah. can get, you know, crashed back at, obviously. But that is an important component, uh, isn't it? They're uh, out there in the space where that age group is rife. I, I remember being uh, talking to uh, Cherry Evans just recently about the origin experience when they were up in um, Cairns and – First couple of weeks in the in the first game one, and he he'd been around when obviously you know you had GI, you had uh, Slater, uh, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, and he reckons the star power that Reese Walsh had, he's never seen anything like it. He reckons mm. just the the fans, everyone just wanted a piece of him. They'll call him the Justin Bieber of Queensland. It was just he goes yeah. the marketing tool around. It was just it was huge. Yeah, uh, one of the Broncos training sessions uh, a few months ago. Uh, Reese and I think it was um, uh, Jordan Ricky were off to the side doing more rehab style training, the, just off to the side. So they were a little bit closer to the fans. And again, there was hundreds and hundreds of Broncos fans. Well, such was the the, the pandemonium and the demand. It was, honestly, it's it, it was suggested to me it was like Beatlemania. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, 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 when the girls are screaming and calling for them, they stopped their training. They st- and, and they got approval from the Broncos co- coaching staff. Can we just go up, help give the fans what they want and then we'll get back to training? Like that does, stopping a training session for the fans, yeah. that hasn't been happening in the past, let me tell you. Can I say, there is no reason to believe that players are better looking now than they were back in the day, despite what these yes. gentlemen are saying now. I mean, you look at the <laughs> evidence, you know, Tony Carroll, Gavin Miller. I mean, honestly, yes. it's just it's simply... Sam Backo. Sam Backo. It's simply not true. Yes. <laughs> what about Ryan Girdler? Very handsome yeah, yeah. in his days. Yes, yes. Calendar. Still, yeah. well, Calendar. He's got better with age, though, hasn't he? I think he probably has. The yeah. Silver yeah. Fox. The Silver Fox. He was May 2003, wasn't he? It may, <laughs> it may be. <laughs> may or July. Be, I don't know. I'm not sure what month he was. Yes. Uh, but he was, certainly, he was certainly up there. Sharks 36, the Titans 6. Uh, now, the Sharks, of course, had started to, we'd thought, fall, uh, fallen off a cliff. But gee, when they attack well, they look great, don't they? Oh, mate, they're probably one of the, the best attacking sides. I think they've got the most points in the competition, um, especially from their own end. You know, yeah. they, I, I love their back five. You know, Sione Katoa, Mulatano. Jesse Ramian, and you throw in, like, a couple of weeks ago against Penrith when they lose Will Kennedy, everyone thinks, oh, geez, they're gone. Like, they're completely gone. Connor Tracy has stepped in, and he's been so good at the back. Last night, I think he ran for 200-plus metres. He was involved in a couple tries. Geez, he's been a handy addition for him. Um, it's interesting, guys. I remember Todd Payton, right, the Cowboys coach, suggesting that after they the Cowboys were flogged by the West Tigers, they then played Parramatta and lost 24-6. to However, Todd Payton spotted something in the defensive DNA of that night, how they t- kept turning up for each other, to suggest that that was the turning point for the Cowboys to go on what is as ha- was a 6-7 to game run. I'm getting the same sense from Cronulla mm. in their defensive performance against Penrith. Now, they lost 28 nil, okay? But Penrith had so much ball, and, I'm, and, and, I, and I, I will stand corrected, but I'm, I'm pretty close to the numbers. They had 53 play the balls inside the Sharks' 20. Right? Yeah. That is off the charts. Yeah. And statistically, that leads to a, maybe a 40 to 50 nil scoreline when the opposition has that much ball inside your 20. Cronulla had carnage that night. 
They lost their fullback. They had to move their back rowers to the centres. Wingers swapped sides. Yet they were able to repel to a point. Um, three of five tries came from kicks from Penrith that night. And I just thought that that was a, a night where, yes, they you know, they were soundly beaten. But from that point on, they went to Perth and played much better footy as with a resolve, a, de- a genuine resolve. And then again last night. So I, I, I'm interested to see how it unfolds, but I thought they drew a lot of confidence, as bizarre as it sounds, from from showing fight against the Panthers. Yeah, by, by all accounts, the coach, Craig Fitzgibbon, is a defensively-minded coach. But for me, their DNA is their attack. Oh, they can just blow teams off the park. The first try they scored uh, last night was running <sighs> on fifth play. Yeah. And once they get in a mood and they start shifting out of yardage, it's almost you're on the back foot straight away. I feel like as long as they know who they are and what type of team they want to be, I, I would be worried to play them in a finals game. I really would. If they're in that mood to shift the footy, they got such a dangerous side at the moment, and I reckon they're coming home hot. Yeah, for me, I, I agree. They've played some good footy, but they still haven't done it against a top eight side. That, that's that's the question mark. Against, they weren't in the eight when they played against them that night. Mm-hmm. South were behind them. And you say that, but Penrith were in first gear that night, Dave. They were just going. Like, honestly, I spoke to Wado about it. He said, you know, he was happy with the signs they showed. But the big question mark over them is doing it against a top eight yep. side. And I think next week's going to be a huge clash. Cowboys. Cowboys is the one. That's that's the mm. game. Huge. You, oh. met, you mentioned Wado. Uh, it was great to see him. Obviously, he was t- his 250th was in Perth. He didn't ha- hold back so he could have it in front of his home crown. But so <laughs> 251st game and, uh, of course, announcing during the week that his retirement at the end of the season, he scores that try running down, on, on, down the left. It was great. Yeah. Was so happy for him, Dad. You know, you've, you've yeah. been around the Shire. He's he's one of, one of the greatest players to play for the Sharks. Obviously, you've got your gallons and ETs, but... What he's done for that club, it's amazing. Um, he, he debuted at high school. Um, you know, to go to Cronulla and get the opportunity to play there, he's been captain of that squad since Gow retired. Um, he's the last player of the premiership winning side to play for Cronulla. Um, and he's just a good bloke. Like, if you meet him, he's one of the he's one of the best, like, individual man's man you'll meet in rugby league. He's probably one of the guys that should have played in the 80s or 90s. Loves a beer after a game. You know, he loves yeah, to celebrate. Oh, he's a handsome fella. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got me there. Um, but I'm just so happy for him. And to see him get a try, um, to do it in front of his, his his partner and his two kids is something that I know that he would have really would have loved. So in announcing his retirement at the end of this season uh, on Tuesday night, it was a... It was originally designed uh, that it was simply a dinner organised to celebrate Wade Graham playing 251st grade game, of which only two other players in the history of the Cronulla Sharks have done, and that is Paul Gallen and Andrew Eddinghausen. However, Wade on the night felt it was so fitting that in this intimate environment where his mum and dad were there, um, current the entire current squad, the entire current coaching staff, members of the 2016 Premiership side, and Shane Flanagan, the head coach, uh, as well as Boyd Cordner, one of his closest mates, Todd Carney, one of his closest mates, they were in the room as well. And it was it was at that point that given the way uh, he is now back in the back row, 251st grade games, off contract clearly, Wade decided to announce his retirement there and then on Tuesday night. Uh, and watching the footage, if you, if you get a chance, it's on the Sharks' website, it's fantastic. It's yeah. sensational. I mean, it's highly emotional, clearly. Um, and he pays tribute to to almost every person in the room. And that's probably the measure of the man, to be honest. Uh, that, he, he has shown respect for everyone that's helped him yeah. get to this point in time. 
I think that's a really smart play to sort of seize that moment because, yeah, as you know, like going into the finals, every team needs something special. Everyone needs a theme and something to strive for. And by announcing that, I'm sure it gave the players an extra lift and the whole organization's going to want to go out strong for them. So I think very smart for them to do that as we run into the finals. Absolutely. All right. Well, on the other side of the, that coin is the Titans. Got a new coach next year, and now they have a couple of blokes tied up in Tina Fasul Malawi and David Fafita. It's a $15 million deal for the two of them. Uh, it's a 10 years massive uh, for Tina. Here's what he had to say uh, after to Fox League. Yeah, no, very happy that I've um, you know, settled all that. I was um, hoping to get that all done uh, before, obviously, this game, and we did, and I'm glad that um, I'm staying in the Gold Coast, and, you know, it's very disappointing um, that loss tonight, but, um, you know, we've still got a couple more games that we've got to um, show some pride in our club and um, show our fans that we really care about this club and that we love this club and um, that we want to go finish the year strong. I think the boys that we have, I know we've got a good group that we can um, we can definitely change it into a winning t- side and a winning culture and I'm confident that we're going to do that and like I said, it's obviously tough after that but um, I can definitely see the future of us winning and um, just working hard and giving back to our community and really showing that we really care about the Gold Coast Titans and um, have some pride in um, this jersey. Tina, for us Malawi, how important is that signing for that club going forward? Oh, monumental. It's yeah. huge. He's 23 years of age. Uh, certainly... Even before he arrived at the Titans, uh, within his within the environment of the Melbourne Storm, Tino's always been seen as very much a leader, uh, and that's what the Titans have have bought for the next decade. I think um, I think it's it's a great win for the Titans. Look, with these deals, only time will tell on on whether it works out or not. Yeah. Of the his, in the history of the game, I, I would argue that the most recent long term deals that we've seen in this category have worked. Daly Cherry Evans is the best example. He's he's outstanding. Tamalolo. Jason Tamalolo. Um, the catch is front rowers, right? It's just whether Tino is going to be as dominant in in eight, nine, ten years' how, time. How old is he now? 23. Ah, he's got plenty of time. He's, yeah. 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 They're going to get the best reward out of him, especially when he's about 28, 29. Yep. Um, and if he can hang on to that form, obviously he's not going to be as devastating as mm. he was at that period of time, but... It's good to have leaders like that, especially blokes that have battled hard and have been there and done that. He's a premiership winner and he's a captain that wants to be at that club. And the one thing I got out of what he said there was he wants to – he loves the Gold Coast and he wants to show it off. So by keeping him there long term, he's going to bring other players into the club because he know, they know that he's going to be there for 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. Players sign players. They do. Yep. The players recruit players. And while ever you've got a figurehead like Tino there, it's huge. The one thing I found interesting, guys, is that it's – I would have to go and check it, but when those past players, Daly, Cherry Evans, Jason Talmalolo, when they've signed longer-term deals, I'm just wondering if that head coach they already had a relationship with. And Tino has never been coached by Des Hasler. And so where I feel as though that's a, it's a, it's a interesting move, interesting move for a player to align himself with a footy club for the next 10 years under a coach he's never coached well, for. Well, the irony of that is that he got to position to be negotiating because he had a clause that That's Justin right. Holbrook would remain coach and he got sacked. I haven't been able to ascertain, you know, and look, it's going to be difficult to find out um, readily how many different clauses are in this 10-year contract. <laughs> but I would, but guys, I'd be, I'm being honest, I'd be stunned. But Be stunned if there's not some type of option and clauses in this contract, given that Tino's never played under Dez. Isn't yeah, that a good... I, I, oh, sorry, you go, Benny. 
No, I just think the Gold Coast Titans had no other choice but to, to go big on the steel for Tino. A couple of things, yeah, that you can't afford at this time to lose him. And it seems like him and Fafita are pretty much attached together. They're a package deal. So we talked about Reese Walsh and star power. Tino's got that star power. The Gold Coast just couldn't lose him. But they are in this position because they're the ones that put all these clauses in the contract anyway. For him to be renegotiating now... And adding on years, that, that's their problem. They really set themselves up with this. I would say it's risky. Like talking Daly Cherry Evans compared to Tino, they're two different positions. Yep. You know, by the time yep. you've had a couple ankle recos, a knee reco, shoulder, you're not the same as a middle forward, right? As a half, you can get away in the game and think your way through. I think it's very r- risky, but again, they had no choice. So just for listeners out there, the 10 year deal averages out at 1.2 million per season. So 1.2 for Tino over the next 10 years. Uh, Look, I think think that's justified. He would have, look, he's 1.2 now. Yes. He's definitely 1.2 now. And as you said, is he that in eight, seven, eight years? That's the catch. Time will tell. Dave Riccio, Ben Teo, Aaron Woods. My name is Tony Squires. I do love a feud. There are plenty of them go on and they're in rugby league. It's just a, it's a hothouse for feuding. And often, well, occasionally, anyway, it's between a, a player, a member of the media. I don't have the energy for feuds. Um, I'm too lazy for that kind of stuff. Now, <laughs> man, Peabody's got a feud. Well, you and Peabody. Not me, Jake Trevojevich. Oh, yes. The world's know. nicest bloke yeah. in league. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I'm not sure how you can be hated by Jake Trevojevich. Uh, I can when you're ready. Okay. All right. Well, the latest, of course, is at uh, Jerome Luai and Michael Karianis. In fact, let's let Michael Karianis explain uh, some of what went on and then we can try to fill in the blanks. Post-Origin Game 2 in Brisbane, I ran into him at the airport and I said to Jerome, I said... After his social media post. And he's a guy that I've got along with okay. I've defended a couple of times. And I said, Jerome, you're not a D-head, right? Why do you act like one, right, when you, you post that stuff? Just the two of you, one on one. Just us two of us. We're just there uh, in the airport. And he took great offence. Well, so he should. You don't call him a d***head. I wasn't calling him one. Right. So then we agree. Oh, I, I tee up an interview with him last week, the week before. Two weeks ago, yep. Through the club. And I get out to Penrith and he goes, nah, I'm not doing it with that guy. Did he say that guy? No, he called me a gronk. <laughs> a gronk. Good to hear the voice of reason, Phil Rothfield, in there as well. Oh, yeah, this <laughs> buzz. How good is buzz? I didn't know what, you know, this word gronk, because my 13-year-old is using it all the time. It's very popular at the moment. Gronk. I've never used it. No, it's okay. So it's obviously very disparaging. What, yeah, from the journo's point of view first, uh, Dave Riccio, what have you make of this kind of stuff? A big deal. Yeah? Like, honestly, there's that many different uh, feuds and battles and agendas behind the scenes between players and journos, it's par for the course. I don't think Mick Carriano has got a massive drama with it. I think he was just asked about it and answered the question. It's a pretty confronting thing to say to somebody, though, isn't it? And, and by so using the right, uh, uh, you know, I know you're not a D-head, mm. why do you act like one? Mm. That's just telling him you are one. Yeah, but we there are journalists. I don't know Mick's relationship with Jerome... Um, he may have a relationship with Jerome that 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 that, that conversation can be had. Oh, that's true, right? Yeah, I, I I can have that conversation with Woodsy. Oh, everybody can have that conversation yeah. with Woodsy. <laughs> but you know what I mean. So there are relationships throughout the game that aren't just player and journo. Well, it, it sounded like he had good intentions, right? He had good intentions going to Jerome. Sort of, he probably reading. He was probably reading the room a lot better than Jerome was, and thinking, mate, you put so much heat and pressure on yourself. Like, why do you do it? But 
obviously, as you said, he, he took offence and but, he decided to pull the interview and, you know, journos hate, hate missing those opportunities. I, I think it's the timing of it. It was after Origin when they got beat up in Queensland. Yeah. They lost the series and he's just been – got 10 in the bin, didn't he, for that – I think it was the push or slap in the face. Yep. So it's probably – you've got to pick your moments a little bit better there, Mick, Karyanos, mm-hmm. but – like you said, Dave, you know, if I had something wrong, I'd ring Dave up and say, why'd you write that? You know, I'd just put a nail on the head straight away. But, yeah, you've just got to pick your moments because the timing of that one was quite poor. You'd put the nail in the head. No, no, you know what I mean, Dave. <laughs> I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Benny well, Tio, you've had, uh, well, I think one we know, knock. Danny Widler. What's the story yeah. there? Oh, me, me and Danny had a run in a few years ago. Oh, probably, yeah, 10 years ago now. Um, I heard him talk about it on Footy Talk that it was one of his biggest beefs. Look, for me personally, I don't really view it as that. I think once you get out of the game, you, you let a lot of that stuff go. And the reality is for players that we're in a pressure cooker. There's a pressure cooker of results and fans and sponsors and all these things. And when you feel like someone's criticizing you, sometimes you can be really defensive and quite sensitive. And on the flip side, when journos get it put on them, they are some of the most sensitive guys going around the world too. So I think once you leave that environment, you can realise and look back and say, look, at the end of the day, we're all doing a job. It's entertainment. Um, And Jerome will slowly realise that that these guys have a a role to play in, in making us all... Uh, excited to watch the footy. Yeah. There is a lot of glass jaws in the <laughs> journalistic fraternity, no doubt about it. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's taken a swing at me just yet. Uh, look, obviously the best place to resolve these sorts of things would be Las Vegas, <laughs> where journos and football players will gather at the start of next year, round zero. Mm. It is official. Wow. It's happening. Yeah, absolutely. The game, were season launch, will be kicked off in Las Vegas. Is it, are they having the season launch when they were over there? Well, the season will be launched. Oh, just the game, yes. the opening night. The opening season, yeah. yeah, opening game. All right, so we've got uh, the Roosters will be there, South Sydney will be there, Manly will be there, and the Broncos. But four good choices, I guess, and some of them to do with the people who support them. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe, you'd yep. imagine. Uh, Woodsy, as a Manly player, have you signed yet, Justin, to just go to, you know, round zero? That's all you need. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't signed yet, but it just doesn't it give you a reason to go around another year, <laughs> mate. Go on to Vegas, or just <laughs> round zero. How good of time would that be? And he also, you, you, he's he going to turn up in the best shape of his life. Oh, mate, I'll be training like you wouldn't believe in this off-season. Um, no, but look, it's, it's, it's a really good opportunity. I think it's awesome for the game to grow. And um, I don't know which teams are playing which at the moment, but to have an ambassador, especially like someone like Hugh Jackman for the Manly Seagulls, you said Russell Crowe for South Sydney, I think it's awesome. And uh, I think they were trying to align it with a couple of, you know, maybe boxing and UFC events. So I yep. call it the Australian weekend. So... Really good weekend to be a part of and, and awesome to grow the game. It is an extended deal, so it won't be a one-off. Uh, that is the plan from the NRL to to spend, not not just not just get a sugar hit um, within the American with with the American audience. So go back um, each year potentially up for the, up to the next five years. So wow. I think every club, oh, yeah, majority of the that, majority the majority of the competition will get a will get a crack. So if we miss out this year, we still got a chance next year. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Dolphins. Miami yes. Dolphins. That's yeah. what they're telling you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, back to South Sydney just to get your uh, view on this. Sammy Burgess uh, quitting. He will join Warrington. Mm. Gets his chance as a head coach, apart from the uh, Axeman who yes. took to a grand final last year. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I feel like it's come probably quicker than what I would have thought for Sam Burgess. So I expected him 
to probably do a longer tenure as an assistant coach uh, within either South Sydney or at any other club. But good on him. I mean, we're going we're gonna to learn if Sammy Burgess can coach or not because they don't suffer fools over there in England. Like, if mm. the pressure is on, they sack more coaches just, well, just as much as certainly the NRL as far as any other sporting landscape is concerned. They churn through coaches in the Especially UK. Especially Englishman. Uh, yeah. Big raps on him as well. So, what, what I like about this one, but like, you look at Benji, who's gone straight into the assistant coach role and then head coach before he's even signed a contract. He's paying his dues first. He's gone over to learn how to do it. He's spent a couple years here. Um, he's played underneath Wayne as well. Um, and then he's going to go and be head coach and find out what it's all about in the in the environment over in the Super League. A lot of pressure there going to that club there, Warrington Wolves, who haven't had too much success and are always one of the top spenders in the league. So they've got fans that really expect uh, trophies. But, you know, one thing about Sam is um, he backs himself. You can, you can yeah. bet on that, that he thinks... You know, even though he doesn't have the years and experience, I think he backs his ability to be able to bring the group together, and I'll be very excited to watch him over there. One thing, uh, the, probably in the in the reverse sense, is is looking at what it impact it has on South yep. Sydney, and I, I'd be interested to see how JD Jason Demetrio sets up his coaching staff going forward, because Sam was very much a real cushion between the players and the staff. Um, and that relationship with a lot of the current players at South Sydney and a valuable asset. Every footy club needs that conduit to the head coach, and Sam was certainly that. So that'll be interesting to see how Demetrio um, navigates Sam's departure. Dave Rickier, what are you tippy-tapping on the typewriter about tomorrow? Yeah, I've written a, a, a column for tomorrow's Sunday telly in and around Tommy Trebojevic and just the impact of state of origin and injuries with Tom and whether it's time for Tom to decide to put Manly first. And in the same ilk as Kalen Ponga, what we've seen at Newcastle, potentially that Tom needs to sit out State of Origin next year to give his 100% for Manly. I think the investment that Manly uh, put into Tom Trebojevic, he's, he's their highest paid player, and uh, the difference that he can have on that football team. As we see Manly now struggling to make the finals, I would make a case that the Seagulls would be, if not in the eight, but deeply entrenched it if Tommy Trebojevic was fit and firing uh, at the back for Manly. And it's now got to the point where so significant and influential he is he on this side that they just can't afford him to be um, putting at risk of more injury as those injuries continue to mount season on season. And... I just think if you if you asked Newcastle the the value of having Kalen Ponga fit and firing for them right now, that is the uh, that's the only um, measurement that Manly need. Uh, and not that I'm saying Manly would put any pressure on Tom; it would have to be on Tom to make the call himself. But, but, is, but under this under this theory, though, should, wouldn't every club be hoping that you know Nathan Cleary doesn't put his body on the line yeah. for State of Origin and is available for Penrith because he's obviously they're better when he's there? Mm. Uh, any player kind of fits into that. What, what's his his desire? I'd imagine would be to play State of Origin. Oh, it? like every player, you want to be playing representative. You want to be playing the the elite level. Um, personally, for me, as a Manly fan, I've got my Manly jersey on. I'd you know, I'd want him to be with us every week, but then as a rugby league fan, mm. you, you want him playing in the big games. Like, and and I, him... absolutely, which I say that loving, Tom yeah, Tra- that is... loving Tom Trebojevic in blue, loving it. But selfishly, but... me as a Manly player, the more we have Tommy playing for us with Manly, the better chance we are of being in a absolutely. top eight, top four, or winning a competition. And, and and ultimately, ultimately, isn't that what Tom's aim is? 
to win premierships with with his beloved Seagulls. Well, yes, that's one of the things. Yes, yeah. he's had great success with the Blues. Um, but what I also point to is we we saw a window to the future in Game Three. We mm. saw Bradman Best. Yep. You know, we saw you know Isaac Tungo now coming along. Tom uh, doesn't necessarily have a lock on that centre position that he once had. Yeah. What about the uh, the token Queenslander? What do you think? Well, I I agree. I think he should maybe think about doing that at least for a year and just see what the results are because. The reality is because he's always in and out and keeps getting injured, that's the toll that it's taken on his body. Every time you get hurt, it's new scar tissue, it's new surgery. And I think maybe, you know, it starts right now with the off-season. If I was him, I'd, I'd head straight back to the U.S. I'd get in touch with, uh, is it Hayden Knowles and do the hamstring Bill, Bill work? Knowles. Bill Knowles. Yeah, Bill, Bill Knowles. Get in touch with him, do that, come back, smash the preseason. All right, and then I'd just... Look, it worked wonders for guys like Jamie Lyon who just put the rep stuff to the side and could just focus on the footy. And with that way, you, with your S&Cs, you can really schedule good rest and make sure you're fit and firing. I, I think another one, like you, you look at the results that Callum Pong has done. It's, it's the seeing him pull himself out of the Origin Series, he's the main reason that Newcastle Absolutely. are back in the top eight. And that's probably going to put a few question marks on it. Do we, do we allow Tom or, or do we have that conversation with Tom? Is he going to... You know, do we say maybe, you know, have a year off like Benny Teo said and get your body right and, you know, be more consistent at Manly and be on the park because when they are, like, we are a completely different side. Before we get to your mail, uh, we have a great pleasure once more to welcome to the microphone. As we said, given what's happened, we can speak to players and it's, uh, it's great that we can speak to uh, Kobe Hetherington who joins us right now. G'day, mate. Hey, fellas, how are we? Very well, thank you. Congratulations. What a sensational win for your Broncos. Yeah, mate. No, it's um, it's real good. It's good to see that we're flying head into uh, in the finals. So we just got to keep it going, mate. Game by game. We were talking a bit early about the game, and just watching one of the great joys of watching the Broncos side is the joy that you guys exhibit amongst yourselves. There seems to be so much fun uh, when you're playing footy. Yeah, mate. It's always good when you're winning, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a real good, uh, feel around the club. And um, yeah, everyone's really enjoying training and everyone's company and. Um, Nah, it's really good at the moment. Kobe, before we get too much into the footy, we we're having a discussion earlier. Sorry, Kobe, it's me, Benny Teo, about hey, Benny. how players these days are better looking mm. than in the 90s. And obviously your father played in the 90s and, and looking at yourself. Would you say that we're, we're right on that, that the players are better looking today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we get we get protected a lot more. So you, back in the day, you, didn't, you never got protected. So, you, you know, it's rough heads getting around. <laughs> <laughs> Rough heads. <laughs> but they, they reckon, especially up in Brisbane, Kobe, you've got a quite a, a fair fair stylist at your club. Yeah, oh, I don't know about that. I, I just, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to play footy. I don't, I'm not too much of a stylist. But, uh, yeah, there's a few boys like that, I guess. With, with your role, Kobe, you, know, you see yourself, uh, um, no doubt, as a starting player, but at the moment you're playing that role off the bench. Um how do you find it sometimes where Kevy only makes one interchange in the first half and, and you end up just sort of sitting on the bench until the second half? Is that sometimes tough to get on and get into a rhythm? Yeah, it's um, it's not easy. Like, you know, you warm up and stuff and then you sit down for a long time and then you've got to get back up again. But, um, oh, you know, sometimes you just get used to it and you got the bikes and stuff on the sideline. So you're always staying warm. But, um, yeah, no, nah, it is what it is at the moment. And, I think I got on with ten minutes to go in the first half, which was um, which was good, and then yeah, played yeah. out the second. But um, now nah, I'm just grateful to be in you know such a good side at the moment, and 
uh, as I said before, it's just enjoyable. Enjoy. I'm just enjoying winning, so it's good. Yeah, Kobe, it shows the way you play. The energy you, you've brought off the bench, whether it's coming on that little period just before halftime or, or after halftime, you're doing that role perfect. Do you pinch yourself with the blokes you see? You get to train alongside, you know, Payne Haas, Reese Walsh, Carrigan. Is, is it awesome going to training and playing with those guys week in, week out? Yeah, it's unreal, you know. Um, you know, I grew up sort of playing with them fellas too through the 20s and stuff. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just a real playing in the NRL itself, let alone, you know, um, beside those players. But, uh, yeah, look, country boy myself, you know, I never thought I'd be playing in the NRL. But, um, you know, been on the big stage. It's, yeah, it's, I still pinch myself. Because he that's, is, that's he is one older of those... than Reese Walsh, though. Yeah. So he's not really looking up to Reese Walsh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Are you still I'm pinching yourself? to you, Kobe. Me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that pinching yourself moment because you, you've played, obviously, you were playing for Valleys for a while there and the dream of the NRL, you know, you were thinking, I, I think about uh, going back doing mining. So rugby league at one moment, the dream you thought may not be real. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it was a period, it was a period, oh, I think it was, yeah, three years ago or something, I was, I was just playing, I wasn't even playing cup, I was just playing Valleys local, local A grade and, um, yeah, I just, I had to ask myself, like, what, what I really want to do, like, start making money and stuff like that. But, um, no, it's good to have my old boy. He sort of um, took me through it and he said, you know, the harder you train, just stick with it. I'm telling you, you'll, you'll get there. And, uh, no, I'm glad I listened to him because uh, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for him. Kobe, Dave, Riccio, how long are you locked away up there at the Broncos, contract-wise? I've still got two more years. After this year, I've got two more years. Yeah, I was going to say, so you'd be one player that wouldn't mind paying ass moving on so you can, <laughs> you can take a starting spot, eh? No, I wouldn't want to verse him, so I'll be <laughs> <laughs> Hey, mate, just in all seriousness, we were discussing earlier this this comparison. Now, a lot of fans out there just think this is going to be a Penrith Broncos grand final and trying to divide the two teams on who's better or who's not. Um, and, and just wondering around the Broncos' leadership, we know Adam Reynolds has that big game experience and he, he steers this team around. Who else in this Broncos outfit do you lean on and look to when when the chips are down during a match, who's dragging you out of the fire? Um, yeah, obviously like Paddy Carrigan and um, our big ones, um, uh, Kurt Capewell. He's probably you know you get stuck at five man, he's four man, and he's always just talking to you, just like you got to get up, get up. And um, no, he, he really helps me out. Uh, and yeah, Paddy as well in the middle, he's fit as. So uh, if I see him, you know, if I see him going, I just want to go with him. I love, now, this is someone we've never, I've never spoken to, so it's great to learn a bit about you, uh, uh, Kobe. I looked on uh, Instagram, was research, not stalking, obviously, and I see nah. you camping at uh, Bribe Island. So you like to get out of town, do a bit of that kind of stuff? Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, I haven't got a full drive at the moment, so I'm spewing, but uh, <laughs> I, I, just, I just go out with my mate. He's got a full drive, and yeah, I, every time I get, uh, I love my camping, fishing, all that sort of stuff. Kobe, you, you mentioned that you're a country boy and a lot of your values and the way you play footy represents that. Give us an insight into, as a young kid growing up and your father's the hard man, Jason Hetherington, what type of drills was he getting you do as a five-year-old? Oh, there's a few wild ones. Um, growing up, growing up, I, I was on a um, on a cattle farm, so he used to get me into the into the yards and I used to tackle the calves. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's the, that's the biggest one I remember. <laughs> that's unreal. Uh, if you had a bigger one than that, I'd be very concerned. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's, that's the biggest one I got. So anytime you're struggling or if you're ever struggling for form, just need to get on the plane, get home, tackle a few cows and get back into it. 
That's it. Yeah, that's it. What's what's harder, tackling James Fisher Harris or a calf? <laughs> oh, tough one. Nah, uh, probably probably Fisher Harris. <laughs> He's a bit bigger than a calf. Uh, Cody, very refreshing to talk to you. Uh, thank yeah. you so much. Congratulations on what's going on with you and all the best, mate. Thanks, thanks, boys. Appreciate that. Love it. Kobe Hetherington there. That is so good. <laughs> that's so good, That's mate. why we so need players good. talking you to that's, media, hey, that's why we don't need media boycotts. <laughs> hey? He's got, I'm going to send my 13-year-old up to Queensland and start tackling calves. <laughs> I tell you, absolutely brilliant. Aaron Woods, Ben Tio, my name's Tony Squires, and this man... Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. This has got it all. It has got it all. Dave Riccio, what have you got for us in your mail? Yeah, look, it's an interesting one, and I'd be interested to get the boys' point of view. Sam Walker, guys, he will make his comeback uh, in the New South Wales Cup tomorrow um, for the Sydney Roosters. Now, we know that the Roosters, they're not without a chance of making a finals run. Um, Drew Hutchinson and Luke Keary have been named in in the NRL starting halves, but Sam Walker hasn't played since April. I was, um, uh, only about four weeks ago, uh, Sam had received uh, specialist advice that his season was over. He went and got a second opinion. And now it's it's what be, has been known as a, um, a badly bruised ACL. So, you know, the ACL has, has remained intact, but it's been an ongoing issue and probably fear that you do risk significant damage um, by coming back early with that, Sore ACL, so he's on. He's he, he'll play tomorrow, but it just raises the prospect a little bit more. I think in in potential X factor if the Roosters do make this late serious season surge f- for the finals. Thoughts? Yeah, it's definitely something that they wouldn't play him if there was a risk of doing mm. more damage to the ACL because he's a young player, good prospect. You wouldn't want someone like him to go through the six to nine month recovery. Um, I've been loving what Drew Hutchinson's done for the for the Chooks the last couple of weeks. He looks like he's been a real good organiser, a good foil for for Kiri, and it's sort of taken the burden of running the whole side, uh, you know, off mm. Kiri's shoulders. And he's done a he's been a real good job. Like and he, a couple of years ago, I think when they did lose a couple of injuries, um, Hutchinson controlled the Roosters that year. They had a, a lot of injuries, and he did a great job. So it's probably one they don't have to rush. But if they do see him as a possibility of playing, they'll definitely get him in there. Staying on the Roosters, there's been a lot of um, discussion around what the Roosters do with this roster, um, notably their halves, uh, as we're talking about with Sam Walker. Um, Sandon Smith has been playing, uh, Drew Hutchinson, and the other one is Luke Keary. Now, there's been some talk on whether the Roosters do, uh, you know, to try and clean their cap up, finish up with Luke at the end of this year. He does have 12 months remaining on his contract. I have it guaranteed that he'll be there next year, Luke Keary. So Roosters fans hoping for some movement in your spine. It won't be coming in and around Luke Keary. I expect him to play his full contract out there next year. Do, do you think Swali will see the, the full term or do you think he'll leave early? Uh, look, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Look, I, I think Trent Robinson has a belief that he can he can still continue to coach and get more out of Joey. Because uh, you've got Dominic Young coming in as well. That's right, yep. Um, they do lose Jackson Ball to your, your guys, Manly. Um but it might look. I've asked that question only last week, Woodsy. Do you think you'll let Sueli Su- yep. Su- go? And the answer is no. Okay. 
it's weird the whole Sam Walker thing because he was the saviour, uh, then he was dropped, and then while not playing, he's suddenly the saviour again when they're going poorly. He yeah. wanted to get back, but he was injured. It's, it's one of those things. It's weird to know exactly where he is in the where thinking. Where he fits. That's, yeah, you know that tone. That's rugby league. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the beauty. <laughs> the beauty of rugby league. You know certainly where you are with Dylan Edwards though. What's going on there? Yeah, look, it's an interesting one because this will this will have you know wide-reaching ramifications for the Panthers' salary cap, and it is. The, the the re-signing of Dylan Edwards. I expect it to happen. But what will be interesting is the length of contract. I suspect, and I'm not saying we're going to get a Tino 10-year deal here, but I think it'll be a really long-term deal to the point where it's it, it sees Dylan Edwards out as a panther. How old is Dylan Edwards? Uh, I'd have to check it, Woodsy, to be, to be I, I, actual. Whatever, whatever. Let's just say a number. He, he deserves it. He's, he's unbelievable for the Penrith side. Yeah. You've seen what he did, you know, back-to-back competitions. Um, he struck, not that he struggles, but they've got so many big names ahead of him, not yeah. as in footy ability, but just the names Cleary, you know, Luai. Um, but what he does for that side, gets the numbers right. Um, you know, I remember when Ivan coached us at the Tigers, I said, what one player would you love to take out of that Penrith system? And he said, Dylan Edwards, and that was back then. He goes, he wins all the fitness, he wins all the speed drills, and he's just a great kid. So he turns 28 in January next year. So he's currently 27, 28 next year. Five, six years deal? Yeah, I, I suspect I'm getting mail, guys, that it, it'll be a lengthy contract. And, you know, to be fair, he's been playing for unders for that long. He deserves his time. Considering yeah. the contribution he has made to that side. Or oh, more good news. What about Isaac Tunga? Yeah, look, this is positive because, like, the Panthers, seriously, they just get stronger and stronger. Isaac yeah. Tunga has been uh, sidelined with a hamstring problem for a number of weeks now. I'm getting mail that he will return next week. Only needs to pass what will be a final few hurdles in the in their training uh, schedule next week for Tungo to come back into that team. And we all know what a strike weapon he is. Huge fan. Um, he's a sensational young player. He'll only make them stronger. They've done well without him, no doubt. But Isaac Tungo will push for selection next week. A couple of the other, other ones. Uh, down at the Sharks, big Tom, Tommy Hazelton. He's seen as a bit of a cult figure at Cronulla. Uh, he's been was sidelined last week with a HIA. I expect him to come back against the Cowboys and Oregon Kafusi too. The Sharks have been losing some troops, but Oregon Kafusi he had surgery on a dislocated thumb, um, and I suspect him to come back into the frame with a possible return also against the Cowboys. So the Sharks also getting some troops back. How's your hand travelling after injury earlier? It's good. <laughs> thumb, one, one busted thumb up. It's going good. I remember, uh, remember I come in and the cheese yeah. was in here? Yeah. Uh, when we played against last night, I said, mate, how's your thumb going? He goes, oh, it's okay. He couldn't really get up. <laughs> so mine's doing pretty good. His thumb, that is. <laughs> yeah, right, come on. Uh, Head out of the gutter. Dave Riccio, you have the latest from the Eels regarding uh, Mitch Moses, I understand. Uh Two seconds. Sorry. What are you trying to do? I just I got tangled in my chair. Yeah, tangles. Such tangles. a professional. Wow. Mm. Footwork. Um, yeah, confirmation from the Parramatta Eels. Fractured eye socket for Mitchell Moses. Um, they're saying six weeks. We all know that what that means. That's season over for, for yep. Mitchell Moses. Yeah. Line through him. Sad news uh, for Mitchell Moses. Very brave him. It was in the first five minutes of that game. He made it through to halftime, uh, but then, of course, didn't get back for the second uh, time now, though, for a little bit of this. Believe it or not, 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 not. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. All right, I've got a few propositions to run past you. You just have to tell me, to believe it or not, and why. Believe it or not, if the Broncos win the premiership with Adam Reynolds... 
The Rabbitohs letting him go is the biggest blunder in rugby league history. That's quite a statement, isn't it? <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> I might have gone overboard there. I don't believe it, Tone, but I do believe it is a blunder. Not mm-hmm. the biggest in history, but I believe it's a massive blunder. When it, I remember when it happened at the time, because I was at the Sharks, we almost got him at Cronulla, okay. Adam Reynolds, because, yeah, we lost Sean Johnson to the Warriors, and I think they were going hard after Adam Reynolds. We just couldn't match the years okay. that they did. So mm-hmm. um, I, I believe it's going to be a, a big blunder, but I don't think it's going to be the biggest blunder ever. All right, Benny Tia. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Woodsy. I think it's a huge blunder, probably not the biggest of all time. I think the Bulldogs losing Jonathan Thurston's up there as one of them. But um, I think, look, yes. they're looking back now and, and they're missing that leadership and the general and that kicking game. Um, but look, you know, some of these comments that have come out from Jason Dimitro obviously suggest that the Rabbitohs and the coaching staff who are there now wanted to go in a different direction, and they have, and... The reality is he's gone and he come up to Brisbane and um, he's doing a great job of letting them know how successful he is and how much fun he's having. The other, it, it, the other factor too is we just don't know uh, what Adam Reynolds' departure has enabled South Sydney to do to keep the rest of the squad together. Yeah, and what I mean by that is, yeah, look, it's a star-studded lineup, and we're talking about Damian Cook, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell. In comes Jack White next year. Um, yeah, Ford Pack is pretty. Strong, so that's the catch. We don't know whether whether Reynolds's money has helped keep yeah, the rest yeah. of the roster together. Jason Demetrio clearly was trying to, you know, uh, back his own halfback, current one, Lachlan Ilias, wasn't he? In those comments, Benny. Yeah, I think so. Um, maybe he's trying to put some confidence in yeah. in the young player, and as you said, publicly back him. But sometimes I feel like there was a little bit of a extra motivation and what he said in that comment. And, yeah, Adam Reynolds took it and, and responded. All right, believe it or not, <clears throat> on the back of the Manly game the other night, <laughs> the kicking duel <laughs> is the prettiest <laughs> thing in rugby league and should be brought back. Me first? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you, fella. <laughs> What's doing? <laughs> um, I don't believe it. <laughs> nah, there was a plan behind it, boys. Okay. So uh, here we go. What happened? We <laughs> went Dylan Ebbles, he a lot of the time he does a play for carry. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he does that play for carriage, kick set up, we wanted to catch him off guard. Um, and so it was a plan. Um, it was sort of one that you wanted to just change the style of footy because Penrith tend to get into a set for set. They like to get in a bit of a mood. Um, and we just didn't pull it off at the right time. You know, we wanted to kick for Saab and Tolu Kula on the right edge. Um, poor old Ruben Garrick to- chose to kick it when... Uh, Dylan Edwards didn't have the carry, and he was already back at fullback. <laughs> so not everyone got the memo of, of when to pull Oh, no, the no, we got it. the memo, but we just didn't do the right time. <laughs> he got a little bit excited. Yeah. And then I remember, when, I, remember when he, I remember when I was talking to Gaz in the sheds after the game, hey, what happened? He goes, oh, I'm just going to be all over social media now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was an interesting tactic. You probably, everyone had to be on the same page that also, if it doesn't work, then you've actually got to tackle the, the guy that runs the ball back because yeah, he yeah. brought it back. He beat about five of us. The post. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought it was refreshing. I thought it was great, to be <laughs> honest. I the sensation. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, no, I do. Because, look, um, we see so many coaches just copy other coaches and it's it's almost box cutter stuff, you know, and, to see Anthony Seabold try something a little bit different, certainly more expansive footy, oh, I thought it was good. 
It was good. Have you, been, have you ever been involved in an old-fashioned kicking duel where it's the forwards, you just kind of walk up and backwards and forwards for five oh, minutes? Oh, mate, most of my rugby union rugby career, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was caught in the middle of that. Uh, we'd kick to them, they'd kick to us, we'd kick to them, they'd kick to us. Yeah, and neck eventually looking up. Most of the forwards and myself just stopped chasing. We just stood in the middle. And so just, what do you do after right. the game, man? Do you have a shower or just put your clothes back on oh, and just go oh, home? Yeah, of course, had a shower. But, I mean, Woodsy, you could go work out after a game of rugby union. You could hit the gym, <laughs> you know, hit the sauna, go for a jog, you know, whatever you want. Uh, love it. Believe it or not, Reese Walsh is in too good a form to be overlooked as the Australian fullback. I'm going to go with you, Dave. Um, believe it. Yep, he is. He's look, every single time Reese Walsh touches the footy, the defensive line, well, they do they do that that thing to themselves. Yeah. They SH mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Yep. Right? Thank you. And they and, and that is all you can ask for on Oof. kick return from a fullback. Like to, to send fear into the opposition. And I look, I I'd ha- I'd pick him. Like I was, I was concerned about Queensland, like that that state of origin environment and the furnace. But he he handled loved it. it. He loved, he loved it. it. Yeah, Benny. Yeah, he can handle anything. And we 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 talked about star power, right? And the amount of eyes that want to watch him. He he doesn't just get himself there on because he's good looking and everyone loves him. It's form. He is the best player at the moment in the game, my opinion. Um, he's got so much in his arsenal in terms of attack. So. He's the form fullback right now. Yeah, I like Dylan Edwards too, but I think Reese Walsh should definitely be the Australian fullback. Just 10 seconds. You've Don't believe it. I'd have Tedesco and I'd have Walsh's 14. Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Reem Hot Water.